I never saw such a woman. She would certainly be a fearsome thing to behold. Ladybird. Well, I gave it to myself. It's given to me by me. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Film Girlies podcast. This is Emily, and I'm here with my lovely Fiona, as always. And we are, as the date of recording, we are four days away from Valentine's Day. So we thought there is no better time to talk about our favorite... Sorry, I thought it would be cute if we did it together and then I reminded myself that like the internet doesn't work like that. Well, Um, you should have told me you wanted to say it together. (laughs) I know. I should have said that. It's okay. Um, I I hope we kept you in suspense and I hope that was entertaining. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're talking about rom-coms today. How are we talking about rom-coms today, Fiona? Um, We have, because I love my lists and I love ranking things, get a lot of joy from that um we have created our own personal top three rom-coms list um and then we are playing a very special game that i have concocted um and the game will be we will reveal all when it comes time for the game yes exactly so stick around uh make it to the end of this podcast to hear what is in store for our wonderful wonderful game Now, I feel like when I was creating this list, I ran into perhaps not a problem, but something I realized very early on is that there's no, I feel like there's no distinct definition of what counts as a rom-com. I feel like all the lists that I found that I sourced my movies from, uh, some of them on there, I was like, that's not a rom-com. That's just a comedy. So like, what do we think counts as a rom-com here once again will i be following my own rules no should you trust anything i say on this podcast absolutely not should you trust anything fiona fiona says on this podcast maybe a little more but also probably not um love you um (laughs) so like how are we how are we defining a rom-com do you think okay to me a rom-com I feel like there's, like, a specific aura it needs to have around it. I can't, like, I don't know how to explain the aura. But, like, to me, it's usually, um, like, funny. Like, it needs to have, it needs to be more calm than ROM, almost. I feel like some of them, they get a little too, they're a little too sad. Um, I find with, like, I get very attached to things and people and films. And so some like people will call it a rom-com but like i can't watch it because it makes me cry you know like yeah um so that's like a little tricky but i think to me a rom-com is just like it's shorter than two hours poster has two really hot people looking cute into each other's eyes um you need some silly goofy little trope um we will explain more about our little about tropes and rom coms as we get into our movies. Um, yeah, I think the most important thing is just two hot people who are funny and who fall in love. Like that's like that, that's really it. Like that's all you need. I think that is the most important. They have to be endearing. They have to like you have to be like rooting for them, even if they're crazy. I feel like um, mm-hmm. I feel like. We are past the golden age of rom-coms, but I think we will have a resurgence. I'm like golden age to me is like early two thousands. I think the rom-coms during that era were so perfect because good actors were not afraid to take on a rom-com. Um, and then Netflix started making their own movies, and <laughs> the the quality of rom-coms in the world dipped quite a bit. Um, we don't talk about Netflix's rom-coms they're like there's only a few that are good and even the ones that I say are good most people like I am a kissing booth fan I love the kissing booth (laughs) no one else does I recognize that um yeah I don't know I've watched a lot of rom-coms in my day I have read a lot of rom-coms in my day as well yeah no Fiona is definitely I think a lot more well-versed in the rom-com than I am, but I am still an enjoyer of the rom-com and I'm really excited to talk about them today. I love them. Yeah, they haven't mm. been as good recently, but um, 
Anyone but you, the Glenn Powell, Sydney Sweeney one. Excellent film. Five stars. Five stars for like rom-com, you know? Rom-com five stars. Like that one, that one was life-changing. I'm telling you, all you need is two hot people. All you need is two hot people. You and need it two will hot work. people and like a smart writer and you will have an excellent rom-com. Two hot people, two funny people. Mm-hmm. Like they need to be funny because I... I agree with what you said. I think sometimes rom-coms can get a little too sad. And then I'm like, well, I'm not having fun anymore. So, like, now I'm depressed. Like, it can't be super... Because then I think it's more of a romance than a rom-com. Yeah. Because I think comedies exist by themselves. Romances exist by themselves. And then there's, like, the beautiful love child that is a rom-com. Mm-hmm. And they need to have enough of both to count, in my opinion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As per usual, my rankings are very loose. Um, I am not like Fiona. Fiona loves ranking things. For me, it brings me a little anxiety, but I did it anyway. So my number three pick is actually not from the golden age of rom-coms, but it is one of my favorites. It is To All the Boys I've Loved Before uh, from 2018, directed by Susan Johnson and based on the novel by Jenny Han. Uh, it was released on Netflix. It stars uh, Lana Condor and Noah Centineo, which like at the time, 2018, I was in like grade nine. I was, I had the hugest crush on Noah Centineo, but I feel like everyone kind of did. Or is that just a me thing? I think that because we had both read the book before the movie came out and Peter Kavinsky is like one of the craziest book boyfriends ever. Like if you were in junior high and you want you're like dreaming about how, what you'll be like in high school and you read about Peter Kavinsky, like the perfect high school boyfriend, you are going to fall in love. And so I think that no matter who they cast as Peter <laughs> in that movie, we were mm-hmm. going to have a crush on. And then I watched him make every other rom, like rom-com on Netflix within three years. And I yeah. was like, oh wow, I don't like this man. Uh, yeah, as Fiona mentioned, uh, we are both big fans of the book series. I loved this first installment of the film adaptation i didn't love the second two but we're not talking about that um do i blame it on the fact that the first one was directed by a woman and the second two were directed by a man yes absolutely i do because i think these films require a deep understanding of girlhood um to like portray the story effectively anyways that's a that's a story for another time uh but in case you aren't familiar with this film um laura jean she like has written letters that she keeps in her room to every boy she's ever fallen for. And then one day they get mailed out and one of them gets mailed out to Peter Kavinsky. Um, And if you're a fake dating trope kind of person like I am, uh, then this is definitely like, this is definitely up your alley. This is like one of my favorite fake dating tropes ever. Um, And I think this is one of my favorite rom-coms because like the rom is so good the calm is so good but then there's also like a really nice like heart to it as well like Laura Jean has a really fantastic connection with her sisters um and as someone who like has a little sister Fiona does too um I I don't know I love I love sisterhood portrayed in like film and books like I I I love that and them kind of navigating this together is really special to me so yeah this movie holds a really special place in my heart um and it's also i don't know i feel like it's a really solid rom-com it did it knew it knew what it was coming there to do um in my opinion this first one stays true to the book pretty well and it's a it's overall a really good time so yeah that's my number three pick that movie is so excellent it's like so good the vibes in that like the production design um all of Larjean's outfits just insanely good the music it just it's so perfect in like those two yeah it did not crack my top three but i do love that one very much i also i eat up fake dating every single time i am a simple woman it is like quite literally my favorite trope you can write anything and i will read that and i'll be like yeah this is the best thing i've ever i've ever read i don't know what it is but it's life-changing truly I mean, The Deal by L. Kennedy is one of my favorite books of all time. 
you know, might love a good fake relationship. I know you love that book as well. It's still on my like books app on my phone. <laughs> I feel like I am a huge summer reader. Like I read a lot in the summer mm-hmm. um, and I'm staying in Vancouver this summer, which means there's plenty of time for a good beach read. So who knows? Maybe it'll end up on my, my beach reads for the summer. Another trope I love is um, teen adaptations of Shakespeare plays. Um, and so my number three is 10 Things I Hate About You, which is taken from Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Um, this movie is fantastic. The high school energy is off the charts. Um, you get, I, okay, I think in a rom-com you either have like a really hot male lead or like a really like cutesy funny male lead. Do you know what I mean? And this one has both. You have Heath Ledger and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So, like, there's no, like, everyone wins, no matter what. The jokes are hilarious. I think it's so quotable. Like, the whole movie is so quotable. Obviously, you have, like, her whole, like, poem about the 10 things they hate about you. But also, you have one of my personal favorites um, is Bianca and her friend. They're walking down the, like, they're walking around. And the girl's like, I know you can be overwhelmed. I know you can be underwhelmed. But can you ever just be, like, whelmed? incredible (laughs) truly i just love it um yeah if you i mean it's like a pretty simple setup younger sister isn't allowed to date until like bianca can't date until cat starts dating but cat is not into she's like i don't want to be around a man ew um and so joseph gordon levitt does a little trick and he sets cat up with heath ledger to kind of so he can have a chance with Bianca. I don't know. I feel like yeah. it's a pretty classic rom-com setup. And you know, I eat it mm-hmm. up. I eat it right up. It's incredible. The it is so... Oh my God, the outfits are amazing. I usually don't love like early 2000s fashion, but this, the fits in this definitely eat. And you know what's funny, Fiona? This is my number two pick. I feel like we've been doing that a lot lately where like our picks will like merge. And guys, I kid you not, we don't know each other's lists before this starts. No. We don't, Could we, we tell don't each care. other and perhaps coordinate it? Yeah, but I think it's more fun to reveal them. So that's what we've been doing. And look at us go. Yeah, I I love this movie. I definitely hopped on the 10 Things I Hate About You, like Love Train, a little later than everyone else. Like I remember I watched it and everyone was like, you haven't seen this movie? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just haven't got around to it, but I, I watched it. I loved it. Um, I don't know. Like Kat gives me, like I relate to her and that I'm like angry most of the time. Like, someone has to be the angry feminist in the English lit class. That was me in high school. It still is me in university. So I definitely relate to her a lot in that. Um, I'm a huge Shakespeare fan as well. But fun fact, I hate The Taming of the Shrew. It's one of my least favorite Shakespeare plays. Um, Like, again, huge Shakespeare fan. Hate this play. Hate it a lot. But I really like what they did with this. And yeah, I feel like in the early 2000s, they were doing that a lot. They did it with Clueless, which oh, that's not Shakespeare, but it's like Jane Austen, like classic lit. They did it with She's the Man. They did it with what else? There's so many. There are so, so many. Um, The new Sydney, like anyone but you, the Sydney and Glenn one. Um, it's about it's much ado about nothing. So we're back. Oh, you guys. yeah. These adaptations are back and better than ever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like. It just, it gives such a good, it's a good starting ground, I think. Because, like, the plots are kind of, um, obviously, you have to change a lot of things to put them in modern context, but they're, I don't know, they're relatable. I also think it's a great way to get people, get more people into, like, classic lit and Shakespeare. To be like, hey, did you like this movie? It's actually based on this. Um, I saw a list on Letterboxd about, like, about this exactly. It's, like, teen movies based on, like, Shakespeare plays and I was like warm bodies and I was like what the hell and then I was like oh yeah like technically Romeo and Juliet but I feel like that one doesn't count because it's been like like milked to death at this point uh which is too bad because I think it's a I think it's a good play but anyways I digress I love this movie uh go watch it it's really good go watch it it's fantastic Mm. yeah Heath Ledger is really hot Heath Ledger. Yeah. Also, again, we have two hot people in it. So really, really easy. Well, that was my number two pick uh, as well. And since we've 
We've yapped about it sufficiently. What's your number two pick, Fiona? My number two pick is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. This one is extra special because it's like a little bit fake dating, but like they don't know that they're fake dating each other. It's excellent. Basically, it's about a woman, Andy Anderson. Okay, first off, number one thing, two hot people, Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey in 2003. Picture them in 2003. That's right. Best movie ever made. Um, um, Kate Hudson's character, Andy Anderson, is a like a journalist who wants to be taken she's like a how-to columnist (laughs) like a magazine you know and she gets assigned with this task to write an article called how to lose a guy in 10 days how to make a guy just be so scared of you and like in 10 days you know so funny but at the same time there's a man named ben and that's um matthew mcconaughey's character who is kind of he goes through women pretty quick and so he is makes a bet with his work friends that he can't keep a woman for 10 days and of course they run into each other at a party and they decide that like the other person is going to be their victim for their little escapades um so you get the fake dating but like in like a new way because like they don't know that they're fake dating each other um it's just so hilarious they're so cute together and I I don't know it just makes me so giggly and happy like I feel like it's such a perfect little movie I it's in it's like set in New York so you have the fun New York energy and I don't know I just think I think with a lot of time with rom-coms like they don't date you don't see them just going out on dates and like hanging out you know it's like more a little more plot driven but this one the plot is that they were trying to date each other but at the same time like she's trying to scare him away and so I think it's just like cutesy domestic little relationship vibes for like an hour and a half. Um, and they're so cute. And she brings him a love fern, which is so funny. She makes like a scrapbook of pictures of what their babies would look like. Like, she's so crazy and I love her. She's like my idol, truly. <laughs> I think one thing for me in like rom-coms, I want like the girl has to be so charming that I want to be her, you know, like her, like I just need to have her like life. And I think, and I was meant to be Andy Anderson in another life. Yeah. Um, nothing beats a journalist as the job for a woman in a rom-com. That's like peak rom-com job. It's journalist, columnist, whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Emily, have you seen how this guy in 10 days? I have not. Huge confession. I know it's kind of, again, this is one of those ones. It's like, you haven't seen this movie? I guess, no, I have to watch it. Like everyone I know loves it. Like I've never met anyone who's like, oh, I hate that movie. So no, I need to watch it. It just needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it very, very much. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm a fake dating girl. Fake dating is great. It's a fantastic trope. I don't know. Like I feel like in a real life context, it would be a bit weird, but there are lots of things I am willing to like, I enjoy a lot more in like storytelling than I probably would in real life. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what sucks. I'm like, well, no one fake dates IRL. Like, that's weird. Well, that would be so weird. Can you imagine if, like, one of your friends was like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, pretending to date this guy. I'd be like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd be like, are you, like, what? what? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. But, yeah. yeah. Emily, what's your favorite rom-com? My favorite rom-com. This was a hard one. Um, But I had to go with a classic. And that is 13 going on 30. Um, this was this movie was like just always on my TV growing up. Like it was this and Walk the Line for some reason where it was just like, I don't know why I've seen that movie so many times and it's against my will. Like it's just always on TV. Always, always, always. Because um, like, I don't know, like a channel would be playing and I just like sit down and like watch this movie. So I've seen it so many times. Um if you aren't familiar with 13 going on 30, um, Jenna is, she's at her 13th birthday and she's like, this all sucks. I just want to like sleep until I'm 30. And then like, uh, she wakes up and she's 30, but like with the mind of a 13 year old and she kind of has to like navigate love and life. Um, and she has like this like childhood, I don't even know what to call it. Like crush guy love uh matt maddie played by mark ruffalo um i always forget that like i've seen this movie so many times and i'm like okay 
yeah, this guy is in it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's a Hulk. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I always forget. Um, I don't know. This movie, it's it's such a classic. It's also really nostalgic for me. So I think when you get the nostalgia pin, it's hard to it's hard to unpin. Um, but it's so funny. This this to me is definitely it is comedy dominant rom com. Uh, definitely still a rom com though, because there's like no still this lovely lovely like romance at the center of it. Um, and the Vienna sequence is just one of my favorites ever. Like one of my favorite uses of that song, I think, um, in media. Yeah, it's my favorite rom com. It holds such a holds such a special place in my heart. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, it was really hard to pick a favorite. It was really hard to pick a top three, but yeah, definitely, definitely one of my definitely my favorite. I love that one. It's so cute. Uh, childhood friends to lovers goes crazy. What can I say? And Mark Ruffalo. It's Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> he is so charming. It's crazy. Love him. Yeah. Okay. My favorite rom-com. This one is a serious favorite. Like, I'm talking, like, top ten on Letterboxd. Like, top ten movies of all time favorite. Bridget Jones's Diary. It's so good. I watched it when I was, want to say I was like, like 13 maybe or 14. When I say Bridget Jones is me, I mean it. She's every, like, she is perfect. She is, she's beautiful. She's incredible. She's funny. I love how much of a mess her life is. And I love how much she just doesn't really care. She's just like, yes, she knows she's a mess. She owns it. And I love that for her. She is just so, she's like one of my all-time favorite characters, I think, like genuinely cross movies books everything i've read the books that this is like the movies based on too equally as charming um yeah it, bridget jones is a journalist <laughs> in it, i think that she lives in london um this one no fake dating but we do have a love triangle and it's a good love triangle because she has to choose between colin firth or hugh grant Remember, this is 2001. We know what Colin Firth and Hugh Grant looked like in 2001. Yeah, incredible. Um, it's sort of, it's like not really a Pride and Prejudice adaptation, but like it has like its moments, um, you know, like it's like, a it's like a little bit Pride and Prejudice, but like not a lot. <laughs> I don't know how to explain. You just like, kind of have to watch it. You have to like know Pride and Prejudice pretty well to like get it. But um, Bridget Jones has a hot boss, Daniel Cleaver, Hugh Grant. Um, but she also has a another guy who she's kind of like she, she runs into at some parties. Mark Darcy, Mark Darcy, played by Colin Firth. Um, and Bridget Jones is just the whole plot is driven by her being herself. She gets herself into the dumbest situations. Um, she does not know how to be a functioning human being. And yeah, I don't know. I think it just, I love it because I think sometimes, as much as I love rom-coms, I think sometimes they make their main characters a little too perfect and kind of like, they're like messy, but in like a fun, haha, I'm so like quirky way. Bridget Jones, she's just like straight up, like a little bit crazy. And I love her for it. You know, like she has no clue what's going on around her. And I love her, and she's my best friend. Um, I guess I can't explain how much this movie means to me. I don't know. I watch it. It's not even really a Christmas movie. There's like two Christmas scenes. I watch it every single Christmas. Um, I talk to myself like I'm Bridget Jones. It's like an unhealthy a little bit, but yeah, never underestimate the power of watching Colin Firth and Hugh Grant fight each other in the rain. Is it even in the rain? I think they're in the rain. Maybe. They're just fighting each other out on the street. And you know what? Sometimes a 13-year-old girl needs to see that. I have not seen this movie. Uh, Fiona has been on my... Been on my case about it for years. And I haven't seen it. But it's Valentine's Day. So soon. So I feel like it's a perfect opportunity. Next time I feel like watching a movie... Next time I watch a movie, I'm putting this on. I Thank promise. You. I promise because it just it needs to happen also I feel like I watch a lot of like a lot of the movies I watch are like really like serious and solemn so something something fun 
why not? This right? one raises your spirits so exactly. much. Exactly. It's so freaking funny. And also, yeah. there's like two other movies. There's two sequels to it. Um, they're no, they're not as good, but like also, it's still Bridget Jones, so you still have a great time. But the stuff this woman gets into, <laughs> yeah, like, I just don't know how she manages to do it. I just love it. I love it so much, and the books are really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also it's British. And yeah, I don't know, a British comedy just hits harder than any other movie. Like truly, mm-hmm. comedies and then British comedies, like British comedies are better. I just like the way British people speak, so it immediately makes it funnier. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we do some honorable mentions? Because I have three honorable mentions. I would love to do some honorable mentions. I was going to ask anyway. So uh, give me your give me your honorable mentions first. Um, my honorable mentions are obviously Clueless. Because it's Clueless. That's all I'm telling you. It's Clueless. Um, keeping on the British comedy train, Notting Hill. <laughs> Notting Hill. Notting Hill is Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is a bookstore owner in Notting Hill. Julia Roberts is a famous actress who runs into him one day when she's trying to hide from the paparazzi and they fall in love and it's perfect and amazing. But it's Hugh Grant as a bookstore owner. <laughs> Does a girl need more than that? And then I count this as a rom-com personally. The Princess Bride is a rom-com. But that's because The Princess Bride is, like, every genre ever. I might watch The Princess... I've been thinking about The Princess Bride so much recently. I, like... I don't think I've spoken about how much I love this movie on the podcast before. But genuinely, if there was a movie that was, like, in my DNA, it was the, it would be The Princess Bride. <laughs> I have seen it probably over ten times. I don't know. It's perfect. It is absolutely hilarious. Um... Genuinely, I don't think there's a more, like, ah, it makes me crazy. The Princess Bride makes me so crazy. It's so good. <laughs> no, I love The Princess Bride. Also hopped onto the train late with that one. I didn't watch it until I was, like, I think 18 or 17 or 18 or whatever. You're welcome. Yes, Fiona made me watch it. Thank you, Fiona. <laughs> um, it's so good. I didn't even, I didn't even, but yeah, it definitely is a, it's a, it's everything. So it definitely is a rom-com. Um. It's not on my honorable mentions, but it is now. I am also honorably mentioning The Princess Bride because it is okay. I'm fantastic. adding one more. Uh, okay, I'm adding one more honorable mention. Then um, I'm adding Love Rosie. Okay, another British one. Um, it's the friends, friends to lovers, but like they keep like missing each other at different points in their life. Mm, mm, so good. Oh. If there's one thing, okay, no, there. I fall for two different kinds of romance books. Okay, I fall for fake relationship ones. And then I fall for ones where, like, they've known each other forever, but it's never quite the right time to, like, be together. And it goes on for years and years and years. And you feel ill because they just, they're so perfect for each other, but they can't see it, you know? That's what Love Rosie is. Well, and it gives, it gives like, past lives vibes, mm-hmm. but less depressing. <laughs> past lives. Normal people. Before, the before trilogy. Um, basically, all yeah. my favorite, most heart-wrenching pieces of media but in like the love rosie is like all of those but like in a rom-com form so you have a little bit more fun and you're not i mean i do sob hysterically so i don't watch it very often because i get Mm -hmm. too attached but it's still excellent yeah no again i haven't seen that one but it sounds right up my alley so we have work to do no we definitely have work to do in my department with the rom-coms i apologize i apologize on behalf of the rom-com community okay i need to do my homework i need to do better um time for my honorable mentions yes uh this again draws the line of genre but i'm putting it in here anyway legally blonde uh starring reese witherspoon i definitely think this is a rom-com it's fantastic um also for the theater kids out there love the musical of this one it's so good it's insanely good but i also love the movie um it's like it really embraces femininity and i love that always uh doesn't shy away from Elwood's liking pink and Elwood's liking feminine things, but also makes her such an interesting dimensional character uh, who isn't defined by her romantic relationships, like kind of starts that way, but sort of becomes her own person, but still has romantic endeavors, but still rom-com. Yeah, this it's just so fun. And again, one of those ones that's just so quotable and such an important part of pop culture. I love it dearly. Uh, 
Another one of my favorite rom-coms is 50 First Dates, which is an Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, this woman, uh, she basically wakes up every day and like doesn't remember anything. And she's sort of, I haven't seen it in a really, really long time. I definitely want to revisit this at some point. Uh, but yeah, has to basically, Adam Sandler has to like, woo her every day over and over again and it's really it's it's a really really sweet one and listen say what you will about adam sandler i think his movies are funny maybe i have the humor of a 40 year old man uh whatever that's fine i don't think of course i don't think all of them are funny but like this one classic a banger uh it's also really sweet so i like that this third one i'm gonna need you to hear me out on it but i'm gonna say it anyway it's penelope the movie with that girl who has like the pig nose. No, Fiona is like Fiona's like no. I vividly remember we used to like take out DVDs from the library like every few weeks, and my mom would keep getting that one because she kept forgetting we'd seen it, and I hated oh my it so God. much. And she would make us watch it every time she picked it out. I don't know why she kept getting it. She knew I didn't like it. She kept getting it in the library. We literally, one year we literally were on, in Ontario for a few weeks visiting family. We went to the library to get some DVDs to watch. And she freaking got it again. Yeah, you gave this, she gave this a half star. Fiona gave this a half, half of a star. I on. don't remember a single thing. All I know is that I hate it. Okay, that goes crazy because I love this movie. I also have a huge nostalgic connection to it because it would play on Disney Channel all the time. But I don't know. I think it's fun. And the romance swooned me as a child. So take that uh yeah i haven't seen it in seven years but Catherine o'hara is in it reese witherspoon's in it james mcavoy is in it christina ricci is in it like you know like it has a great cast it's it's a good time and it's a bit unconventional but i'm putting it out there this is for the penelope fans and the penelope fans only haters leave it's not for me Mm -mm. well that's too bad I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna have a witty comeback, and then I couldn't think of anything. What are you gonna do about it? 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 What I am gonna do about it is ask you to share your brilliant rom com idea with us as a part of our fun, game. fun game. So Fiona challenged me and also herself to. We both had to come up with rom com ideas. So I haven't heard Fiona's. Fiona hasn't heard mine. Uh, and we're going to share them now. And um, as a part of, to make this even more of a game, um, I'm going to say that we have to give each other tentatively, like out of five stars, like what we think we would rate this movie. Okay. I like yeah. it. Okay. Um, yes. So I said we needed to write rom-com pitches, but I had a few criteria. You had to have... To, you had to have pick out your lead actors, um, like your main tropes, plotline, whatever. Um, and you had to assign a Taylor Swift song that someone would use in an edit of your movie on t TikTok. <laughs> Very specific criteria. Um, I would like to give props to someone on Twitter who like sort of... They said that these two people would be really good in a rom-com together. And so I kind of took that. Um... And I also did not make up my own plot. I just took a rom-com book that I love. There's a book called Beach Read by Emily Henry. Um, I read it over the summer. Changed my life. It's just absolutely fantastic. Um, it's funny. It's super romantic and charming. But then also it has like really good emotional arcs for both the characters. And so I love it a lot. I love Emily Henry's writing. She's incredible. Um, Beach Read is about... Uh, January and Gus, they are two writers. They went to the same like writing program in university, um, but now it's multiple years later. They've gone through a bunch of shit in their personal lives. Um, January is a romance author, and Gus is like a murder mystery, true crime writer. So they have very different writing styles, and they were rivals all throughout kind of like their university days. And now suddenly they find themselves in neighboring houses for a summer um, trying to work on their next books but they both have writer's block and so they make a little deal that january is going to try to write like a, a mystery fiction novel and gus is going to try to write a romance novel but 
they need to give each other little field trips and outings so they can teach each other about their genre. So of course, that means they're just stuck hanging out all the time. And of course, there's some t unsolved tension from their university days. Um, I love how literary it is, like all of like the romance, they talk about the romance tropes in it, they talk about like murder mystery books in it, it's just so charming and cute, um, and so like summery and fun too, but also they're just characters that I truly love and adore. Um, I think Io Edebiri and Paul Mescal would be really really good <laughs> as January and Gus, like it would change my life, I am so serious. Um, Paul Mescal literally said he wants to do a rom-com and he's like I want to do one with Io and I'm like okay perfect do it then <laughs> like get up off the ground go do it get to it I think they would just be so good um, in this role because like let me explain my reasoning um, Io in when she's in the bear she's so good at like um, she's obviously she's just hilarious off the bat but also at the same time she shows um, she gives like Sydney's character so much heart and love and you can see kind of like you can always see her brain like working as she like gets new information and how she like lives alongside like the pain in her own personal life you know and so I think that's something that she could bring to January's character in the book and then um, Paul Maskell just feels so writer core. I feel like he would be he would play an excellent writer in a book and like or in a movie, you know. And so that's perfect for Gus. Um, and at the same time, Gus has like some personal trauma with like relationships and ex ex wives. That's right, um, you know. And so he just has all this stuff. And I think Paul Maskell is so good at playing at like taking. He plays the saddest little the saddest guys, and it's. He's so good at it. <laughs> and so I think he would be really good in this. But at the same time, like, he is so, in all of his roles, he's so depressed. But in all his interviews, he is so charming. I know we've all seen Paul's Mescal Chicken Shop Date. That video changed my life. He is so charming. And he's perfect rom-com material. And I think more rising stars need to do a rom-com. I think we need to make it a rule that if you want to be a famous movie star, you need to do a rom-com. Tom Cruise did his rom-com. He did Cocktail. Cocktail is on my honorable mentions because that movie's insane. Anyway, um, but yeah, my Taylor Swift songs, I have I have a few. I have a few here because I couldn't find, I haven't found one that's like perfectly them yet. Folklore as a whole is very that vibe. Um, I don't know. It just has that energy for me. This is me trying is not really the romantic type, but it's like really good for both of those characters. I know. Listen, hear me out. Um, I really like mine as well for them or dress. I feel like it's all very, very cutesy. Yeah. Maybe a little gorgeous. Maybe a little cowboy like me. I don't know. There's too many songs. I had a hard time picking one. I'm sorry. I listed like 10. But um, yes, that is my no, I like it. with Io and Paul. You should read it. You'd like it. I'll add it to my TBR. Sounds fun. Um, I also, like, I, I'll definitely read it now that I have Ao and Paul Mescal in my head. Like, <laughs> I feel like that would make it so easy. Like, la, 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 la. <laughs> like, it's in, yeah. No, that's a great, that's a fantastic rom-com pitch. Um, five out of five stars. Honestly, like, I feel like I'd really enjoy it. The vibes sound immaculate. Um, and the casting is immaculate. So you're, you're getting five stars from this girl. Thank you. The vibes you. are very good. They're very summery beach house writing retreat, you know? Yes, which I love. Like the vibes are, they're, they're fantastic vibes. Immaculate. Bravo. Emily Henry, man. She's just so good. I believe it. Yep. I love that woman. I owe her. Mm. I owe her very much. <laughs> okay. Emily, hit are me you with ready? the pit. Okay. So this is a sapphic rom-com. Um, there is no homophobia plotline because I'm so sick of watching rom-coms about queer people and like the big like conflict or whatever is homophobia. Boring. Um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I'm just like boring. Like, I don't know. Cause then it's not funny anymore. Um, so hear me out. Okay. <clears throat> this takes place at a high school theater. I made this up by the way. Like, this is just from my brain. It's like high school, like theater club or whatever. Okay. 
It's an enemies to lovers trope. Um, and there are these two girls are fighting over the lead role. And they like, obviously they hate each other so much because like they both really, really want this lead role. Um, but then slowly they like start falling for each other. Um, but also have to keep it like hidden from everyone because like otherwise like the rumors about the showmans are going to go on too much. Um, I want Emma Seligman to direct this and I want, I want Rachel Sennett and Molly Gordon. And I know that they already played like ex-girlfriends in like Shiva baby. I don't care. I don't care. This is what I want. This is my movie. Um, as for my Taylor Swift song, I was either thinking Betty or like, cruel summer for some reason i don't know i just i want something fun fresh upbeat um also every time i sing cruel summer um i always change the lyric because it just it, like she looks so great like a devil it's you um anyways i always change the lyric because i'm a loser but <laughs> yeah so that's my that that's my pitch um but also okay this is not a taylor swift song but one song i have been like loving recently is red wine supernova by chapel roan uh the vibes in that song are immaculate so that kind of vibe translated into taylor swift kind of would be cruel summer but also betty i think is also a, a great song for this tiktok edit of this fantastic film um i'm also in it by the way um, I play a supporting character. Um, I'm the, I don't know. I, I, I'm in it. I, I, I just want to be in it. So I'm in, I'm in the movie. I love it. The Thank Emma Seligman directing is so true. She would kill that. She would, she's going to take this idea from me right now. <laughs> Five stars. It's Emma Seligman. Five stars. It's Emma Seligman. Thank you so yep. much. I'm really proud of this idea. It's good. Also, Enemies to Lovers is my favorite trope. Interesting. I love it. It's my favorite. Like, yes, hate each other because then, like, it's like, it's like there's still the passion. You know what I mean? It's like a fire still a fire. Okay. I see your vision with Enemies to Lovers, but I have an issue with it because I feel like sometimes we are not taking enemies far enough. Enemies to me is not like... It needs to be, like, an actual enemy as in they've done something wrong, not just, like, they, like, disagree and they, like, petty argue all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. Like, it needs to be, they can't be, like, oh, I'm kind of annoyed with you. Like, oh, it needs to be, like, I'm annoyed. Like, I'm talking, like, like, Rachel Sennett pushed Molly Gordon down the stairs last year so she could get, so she could, like, steal her role. So now they have, like, beef, but then they Mm -hmm. fall in love. That's, I like that, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the book's, like enemies to lovers but then they're like they're over it by like page 100 i'm like no make me work for it that's what i'm saying like i hate to bring up red white and royal blue on the podcast but that's that was my (laughs) that's like my one issue with because again i love an enemies to lovers but i don't think they hated each other enough or for long enough if we're doing real enemies to lovers we're gonna go look at the throne of glass series where the two the um romantic interests hate each other for a book and a half that's right 700 pages of them hating each other because <laughs> then it That's makes the up i want exactly because then it makes the uh the transition or the moment of realization just so much more satisfying mm-hmm. like slow burn enemies to lovers is my oh, is my forte i love a slow burn we need to make them more slow burn i want to be like um <laughs> there's <laughs> um the harry potter fanfic all the young dudes that is some crazy slow burn girl because they the author wrote every single year of these people at hogwarts so we start with them in first year when they're 11 and remus and sirius don't kiss until sixth year (laughs) that's right six years of slow burn in a fan fiction do you know understand what i've gone through (laughs) in a fan fiction is crazy like i want to be like clawing my eyes out desperate for them to even look at each other you know no, i i, I know what you mean hits. yeah yeah and you know what l kennedy does all of those things excellently <laughs> when are we gonna start adapting l kennedy novels into movies let me let me do it i don't know how to direct a movie i don't think i would be very good at it but i will i will do it 
I think we would make great co-directors of a movie. So true, because we would balance each other out. Because I think I would be... I would be able to tell people what to do, I think. Or like, that's not, that's not directing. Directing is guiding people. Whatever. Whatever. Anyways. Um, but no, I feel like we'd be a good team. Maybe that's who's, what our next career path is. Podcaster who's going to let fe- podcaster turn director? As this is both of our hobbies and also <laughs> both of not our intended career paths either. <laughs> that's what... That's what, yeah, exactly. You got to pay the bills in this economy, gig economy. We're making a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Whether you like it or not. Uh, We're making both of these movies. I have two film classes under my belt. We can do this easy. I have quite literally nothing. That's one thing I really hope y'all at home are not forgetting. Fiona and I, we have no qualifications to talk about this. Nothing. I hope you figured that out by now. We have been doing this for almost a year, so I'm certain people have figured out that we are just here for fun. If you, yeah, if you haven't by now, if you need a reminder, we are not more qualified than anyone. No. To talk. We really, really aren't. But that's, <laughs> but that's why it's so fun, because otherwise I feel exactly. like this would not be as fun. Like, I would not be doing an opera podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's more fun when you don't really have a full idea of what's going on, because then you can just really say whatever you want exactly and we do every week Mm -hmm. every week i also love i have to mention this before the episode ends i love period pieces period rom-com type i feel like those don't exist too much i feel like usually when they're period pieces they're a little more dramatic but um that's what bridgerton's for but that's what exactly that's what bridgerton is for i am so excited for this next season of bridgerton i had to mention it i am so excited it's gonna put me in the hospital and I haven't even read the book. I don't even know what happens. I, I have read um, up to Eloise's book. I mm-hmm. just finished hers a few months ago. Um, so I'm nearing the end, which is kind of sad. I only have, like, how many is after that? Two? No, three. It's, like, Francesca, Gregory, and the, th- the other one. I don't remember what her name is, but the H one. <laughs> um, these books are going to... Next season's gonna put me in the hospital because Colin and Penelope's book was my second favorite. Um, and the rumor is is that they're gonna set up Benedict's book, and that one was my favorite. Um, so I am very excited. Colin and Penelope's book is excellent. And like the first two seasons of that show are fantastic, and so I know the third one's gonna be even better because the book is better. So better source material. Yeah, also, I loved, like, I loved the first season. I loved the second season. Because the slow burn was so good. It was so good. And the, oh, my God, they hated each other. Ugh. Yeah. No, I loved it. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where this goes. Benedict's book, like, season is going to make me, like, jump off a cliff or something. That one, I don't know what it was. It really got to me. I love a Cinderella retelling. What can I say? can i say but then also just colin and penelope is like oh my god you can't i mean i just both opened our mouths very very wide and we're just like screaming but with no noise um (laughs) yes i love you colin and penelope love you so i'm very excited it's gonna be good good, i'm excited good period piece those are good i love it what can i say well now we're just listing books that we like yeah, now we're now we're just talking. So maybe it's time to <laughs> maybe it's maybe time to let you go. <laughs> um, I think our final messages for our rom com episode mm-hmm. are: please, we're gonna start a GoFundMe. Please cr- crowdfund our film. <laughs> we um, could really use it. Um, we need enough money to be able to pay Paul and Io's salaries. So <laughs> yeah, so we need a lot of money. Um, pay up. Pay um, up. If you had not seen any of these rom-coms, go check them out. We adore them all very, very much. Um, if you are in your romance book era, text me. You know I will talk about it for hours, as demonstrated by this podcast episode. And yeah, I will give recommendations or just chat about whatever you're reading. I'm always up for it. Um, I feel like those are the main takeaways from our rom-com episode. Do you agree? I completely agree. I think you have said everything. But Fiona, we have something 
so exciting coming to you next week. Uh, what are we recording next week? Where are we recording it? Oh my gosh. For all of our friends who've been here for a while, we remember the Film Girlies tipsy unedited Christmas special um, because they were together for the first time in a while and they could record together. Next week, I am hopping on a plane and going to Vancouver for a few days to visit Miss Emily. Um, and we have decided to bring back the tipsy unedited podcast. Um, so we will have a very special episode called Hot People Movies dropping next week. Um, it will be unedited. It will be influenced by some barefoot fruitscato. <laughs> and yeah, we're going to talk about our favorite movies with hot people in them, movies we watched because a hot person was in it. Um, all of that. So drop, yeah, just hot people movies. I feel like that. I feel like that's expl- explanatory enough for our episode. Yeah. So get your get your barefoot fruitscato. Get your drink of choice if you mm-hmm. are above the legal drinking age. Um, <laughs> well, my sister listens to this podcast. <laughs> I do not encourage underage drinking. Um, get your drink of choice prepared for next week because it's gonna it's gonna be a fun one, and I'm I'm very excited for Fiona to be in Vancouver. It's gonna be fun. I am very excited to be in Vancouver too. Yay. I cannot sing it because I can't sing. <laughs> That's okay. I'm I'll like make a resident singer. That is me. I'll make you sing one day. Well, looking forward to next week. My dear Fiona will be here and we I'm will so excited. We'll have such a fun episode for you guys. But we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As usual, let us know what your favorite rom coms are. Uh, you're always welcome to message us and let us know what you thought and let us know what your favorite rom coms are. Uh, Fiona, any anything to say before I close this out? I don't think so. I had to think okay. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I thought you did because you had this face. But no, that's fine. No. Okay. Well, on that note, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Film Girlies podcast. And we'll see you next week. Bye.